I thought I would do a little mini-series, um, a couple episodes all clustered together um, about multi-pitch guiding um, and some multi-pitch um, techniques um, and, and do that over a few parts. So I thought this one I would start with some of just the rope techniques in terms of multi-pitch guiding with multiple clients. So think about two-to-one ratio, if you will. Um, and, you know, it kind of breaks down to a few different types of things that we can do. We can do parallel, um, um, which is when a guide is tied into both ends of the rope and, and climbs trailing both ropes. We can do caterpillar or what I used to know it referred to as standard fifth class, which is, you know, the guide is tied into one rope and the client, the first client is actually tied into the second client's rope. So they, they actually climb with the second client's rope behind them and then once they get to the anchor the guide blows up the second client so kind of more like a caterpillar going up a mountain if you will um, and then there's end roping um, which is actually having more than one client on one rope climbing at the same time so one client tied into the end the other client on a cow's tail and climbing um, we used to call that long roping um and actually, I kind of think long roping is really more of an extension of short roping. Like you can short rope with a long piece of rope. It's not super common, but I've definitely done it. And I'd call it long roping where end roping, I kind of think of more as you're actually belaying somebody up a pitch or two people up a pitch and they're both tied to the same rope. So the interesting thing is that they all have their pros and cons. Um, and one thing that it's worth thinking about is that all these techniques are not just tools of moving people through terrain. That is one of the things you can do with them. That is oftentimes how people look at them. But each one gives the client uh, or clients a different experience. So we can oftentimes dictate the experience that we want the clients to have based on um, the rope techniques that we use, um, whether we're snow climbing or on slab climbs or steep rock faces, this stuff will, this, these techniques will, are applicable to single pitch climbing. Um, I, I feel like true single pitch instructors should be able to climb a single pitch route with two clients, um, in parallel or caterpillar, be able to bring them up to the top, do some transition into a blade repel, a lower pre-rig, then bring them back down. I think, the single pitch curriculum in all the organizations that teach single pitch curriculum stops too short. And there's a big gap between that and, and a rock guide course. Um, and there's kind of like this advanced single pitch um, information out there that people who really do single pitch well um, can do that in. So these techniques will work in that as well. But I'm going to focus a little bit more on multi-pitch guiding. So, But once again, we can not only mitigate kind of the terrain because some terrain is more appropriate for some of these techniques, even though you can kind of use them all in all the terrain. Um, But at the same time, we can mitigate the experience that we want um, with the clients just or not mitigate, enhance this experience that we want um, with the clients or give them a certain experience by using certain techniques. And sometimes I we may flow between one versus the other all during um, a multi-pitch climb because maybe we're trying to do the experience piece or we're trying to mitigate a certain hazard of a certain pitch. So we're going to do one style versus the other. Um, So it's kind of an interesting way of looking at it. It's a little bit more of an expansive way of looking at these different techniques and why we may choose the different techniques, even though arguably you could use them all interchangeably in most places and and probably be okay, um, at least with parallel and caterpillar. But... um, 
you know, I think a lot of people tend to start with Caterpillar, even though they want to gravitate towards Parallel. But Caterpillar is really kind of our basic um, technique. I always understood Caterpillar when I was first starting to guiding over 20 years ago as kind of more of the Exum model where you would train a bunch of clients for several days on some techniques and then you'd have a fairly high ratio from client to guide. Um, so you'd have one guide and several clients and then essentially the, the guide would essentially climb a pitch um, or solo a pitch, um, get to an anchor, build an anchor, bring the next client up, and then that client would belay the next client while the guide kind of went further. So that way the whole team's kind of moving. Where I always thought standard fifth class, how I understood it was really more of like, say for example, you had two clients and you have one client tied to the end of the rope that the guide's tied to, and then that client is actually tied to the rope that the second client's in, and then the guide belays the first client up, and then the guide belays the second client up, and then they kind of move on again. So it's like the guide does all the work, all the people get to the same stance, um, and then be, and once they're all there, then the guide moves again um, versus kind of like the guide moving, maybe maybe belayed, maybe not, and then the clients are actually belaying people up. So I could be totally wrong, um, but that's how I always understood it initially, um, and then now it's kind of been more uh, commonly referred to as caterpillar. Um, so maybe they're the same, maybe they're slightly different, maybe it's just some, some semantics there. But anyway, the caterpillar has some nice advantages. It's, it's fairly simple, right? In terms of, it's kind of what most people understand, um, as recreational climbers of how to move people up climbs. Um, and before we had, you know, plaquettes or before they were a lot more readily available and user-friendly where you could really belay two people at the same time um, with an auto-locking device, it was a lot more tricky to belay two people at the same time in parallel because you didn't really have those tools um, where standard fifth class or Caterpillar was a lot easier. Just use your regular tool and belay somebody up. Um, so it's fairly simple in terms of what it does. It's, it's not as fast um, in terms of because you can only have one client moving at a time, one person has to hang out. So in general, it's not as fast. If you are very efficient with Caterpillar, it can be still pretty quick. I've definitely had days out in the cliff where all the other guys are doing parallel and I was doing Caterpillar and I still got more pitches in. And that's just an efficiency piece of you as the guide. So climbing efficiency, so your ability to climb um, at a reasonable rate, your client's ability to climb at a reasonable rate, but also you really gain or lose time in multi-pitch terrain by your efficiency at stance management. It's your rope work. It's, it's typically not just your climbing. That is a part of it, but it's really more your rope work. So if you're really efficient, Caterpillar can still be an efficient way to move people up the mountain, but it is slower compared to parallel if you had the same level of efficiency in terms of climbing ability with you and your clients and then same level of efficiency with your rope work. Um, so, But the nice thing is you know, for the guide – you know, the guide only has to bring up one rope. So if you're climbing harder pitches, you know, you may want to slow things down and just trail one rope behind you. So it's less weight and less potential rope drag, which is really nice. So that's a nice part about Caterpillar right there. Um, the other nice thing about Caterpillar is that if you're doing traversing pitches and maybe you have a, a weaker client, um, they can have a back belay, right? That, that, that first client can be belayed by you at the end of the pitch and be belayed by the other client at the beginning of the pitch. They can actually have a back belay to go do a traverse. Now, the last client still just has to do the traverse, but that if you have a weaker client, that can be really 
um, useful. I also think in terms of flow of the day, if if you don't need to rush for whatever reason, Caterpillar is kind of nice because, you know, it's not two people aren't climbing at the same time. So there's kind of like they're kind of knocking into each other or having to deal with each other on the climb. You as a as a guy don't have to blade two people at the same time. So that's a little bit that can be physically tiring and then mentally tiring for you. Um, you, you don't give your clients as, as much individual attention as you're splitting your attention. Um, so, and if you don't really have a huge time constraint, Caterpillar is kind of a nice way to kind of just have a, a reasonable flow for the day without rushing anybody. Um, everybody gets their climbing in and still be fairly efficient um, with that whole system. One of the, some of the downfalls with Caterpillar is that you don't have all the rope available to you. So as a guide, you only have one end available to you until you have the first client at the ledge. And then you have two ends available to you. So if you want to do a transition um, to go down, for example, and the, and the transition going down is fairly long, right? You still, and you need both ropes, you, you really do need to have um, the second person there to really fully do whatever transition you want, Um which is kind of a bummer. Or if say if if someone gets hurt, like you, the first client gets hurt on the pitch, and they're pretty far down on the pitch, you may not have enough rope to get to them because you don't have command of both ends of your rope. Um, so that's one downfall with caterpillars that it can make kind of rescue scenarios a little bit more complex. If the distances are further away than half the distance of your rope, you may have to fix your rope um, and and repel down on a fixed line or. If they're under tension, you, you may have to down ascend. You know, it's like it's it, you can see it just becomes exponentially harder in some ways when someone gets hurt. So the down the takeaways: try not to ever get hurt because that will make your life a lot easier. Um, one of the other downfalls of caterpillar is that because you don't have both ends of the rope, you also don't have control of both your clients. So if they're in a stance and you lead up and you tell you say off belay and you tell your client on belay. And if you have some unreliable clients, you know, the other client who's at the very end of the caterpillar, who you don't have their rope end, and they're not on blade, could unclip from the anchor and you have no control over them. So that's one down, another downfall of caterpillars that you just don't have control over all your clients at all the times. Um, but, you know, once again, leading up with just one rope is kind of nice, especially if you have a pack and if the climb is a little bit harder for whatever reason, um, or those traverses can be really nice. Caterpillar works really well when the terrain is kind of broken in terms of it goes from slabs to steep and slab to steep. So when it's not just a consistent slab or just a consistent steep, it's really nice because the clients don't get the opportunity to put twists in the rope. Because they're not stepping underneath the rope if the, if there's two ropes in, as in parallel and they're not stepping over the rope and then underneath the rope and they're making these twists in the system. It's just not there. So Caterpillar is really nice for terrain that's like that. So sometimes I may guide a pitch in Caterpillar just because the terrain works better in Caterpillar. And then the next pitch I switch to parallel where it's just like consistently steeper. Um, and that's not such an issue. So Caterpillar is nice for that. Um, the other nice thing for cat- in Caterpillar when the client's climbing is that they only have to deal with... Um, they don't have to deal with, well, they, the middle client does have to deal with two ropes, um, but they don't have to deal with someone else climbing at the same time. So maybe they have to stop and slow down. Maybe they, they don't, depending on the situation. Um, if they're climbing, they, the middle person, so the first client may have to unclip pieces and then clip in the rope that they're trailing. So that can be a little bit of a technical thing they have to deal with. If it's a straight up and down piece, um, pitch rather, that 
client could just clean the whole pitch because they don't need the pieces in as directionals, um, and then therefore they can just climb. If it's a traversing pitch at all, they may need to clip in that lower rope because that way will protect that second client um, on the traverses once you start belaying them. Um, and then, and obviously for that first client trailing the other rope, they have rope drag. So that rope drag can be a bummer for them, um, just like it's a bummer for you. And they, they have a little less capacity to deal with it oftentimes, um, but that can also be a thing. But it's also easier for them in terms of unclipping one rope and clipping the other one. Um, it's a little less confusing, even though you still can get traps. You always want to make sure you coach your clients into when you unclip the rope that they're belayed on, that they take the other rope that they're trailing and clip underneath so they don't trap themselves into the system by putting their trailing rope over them. Therefore, they're kind of trapped between the wall and the piece of gear. So a little bit of coaching there is, is really helpful. Caterpillar is really nice if you want to go out for a day with a client or a pair of clients um, that want to work on leading and multi-pitch climbing um, because essentially you can lead a pitch and then have control over that next person and then give them a belay up while they're kind of mock leading, um, placing gear in and clipping as they go so they don't, um, if they do fall you know that you don't have to fully rely on the belayer or, or the gear that they're placing so that's kind of nice and then once they get to the the anchor they can kind of clip in with the rope that they kind of mock led on belay their other client up their partner up so they can practice belaying and kind of stance management all that stuff and you just essentially get the rope up there to get them a little more protection and you can kind of do the same sequence that we might do in a single pitch environment where we do mock leads where you know someone climbs the route on top rope and then they trail a rope and then they place gear as they're on top rope and then maybe someone belays them while they're on top rope and then you can start making the the top rope more and more slack and then the 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 lead climbing and the belaying become more and more important and then and then eventually take the 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 top rope away and they just lead so in caterpillar you don't ever do that part but you could make that rope slack so when they're leading, that they're actually f- more fully leading, but you're still kind of backing them up. It's a little bit more of an issue with rope management, you know, kind of keeping the rope slack, but not too slack. So there, there, there's some complications there, but you could go and do that. But it's a fun way of getting out in a multi-pitch environment and still do a lot of teaching and allow people to have a lot of opportunity to gain some skills, um, even though you still have some control over them, which is really nice. So Caterpillar is a really worthwhile technique. Um, even though it's kind of simpler in some ways on the face of the cliff, I find Caterpillar can be sometimes a little bit more complex at the belay station. It's it's easy to clip the last client into the anchor in such a way that traps the first client. So the first client has to like duck underneath their rope. And the big key here is that when you have the first client clip in, right, clip them into the rope that they were belayed on. That's generally a good rule of thumb, even though you could go in the other rope. Um, and then when the second client comes up, if you grab the backside of the first client's clofitch and the backside of your clofitch, essentially that's a giant bite. That's the whole coil of rope, the pile of rope that's up there. That's a giant bite. And you want to make sure that you clip the second client underneath that, even though it looks kind of weird sometimes. But if you go underneath all of that, essentially that rope's on top now. So when you lead, it'll just... Um, go cleanly off the anchor when that first client wants to leave the anchor so that way that first client's not trapped underneath the second client so that one can be a little bit tricky sometimes um, when you're when you're lead climbing but 
it's not too hard to manage. And when you're doing Caterpillar, you are essentially stacking the ropes independently of each other and then restacking the ropes independently of each other so they're nice and clean. But it's a great technique, and if you do it well and you know how to do it well, it's really fun to do. I, I like guiding in Caterpillar quite a bit, and I do it quite a bit. Um, and it has a lot of benefits, but it does have some downfalls. Um, parallel um, is really common in guiding. You know, um, I remember when I first started multi-pitch guiding, I was all about parallel, you know, and I thought Caterpillar was kind of lame. And then as I got more mature, I'm like, oh, Caterpillar has a lot of benefits. That's really nice. Let's get better at this now. But parallel is really nice. So some of the benefits that we talked about, you know, some of the, all the things that are kind of bad about um, Caterpillar are kind of good with parallel and vice versa, right? And, and the things that are good with, um, Caterpillar are like not so good with parallel, but you know, for example, you carry two ropes, so you have both ropes available to you. So you now you have makes your transitions easier because now you can actually start them earlier if you want because you have both ropes. Um, you have command of the clients the whole time because now you have both ropes. So if they're at an anchor and they're unreliable, you can put them both on belay, and then if they both unclip, you know, or if you get one person to unclip and start climbing, the other person unclips and starts breaking down the anchor. You know, you got two things going on at the same time. Um, that's pretty awesome. So you um, have to take twice as much rope up. So it's heavier. Um, that's kind of a bummer. If the climbing's harder, that's a bummer. If there's a lot of rope drag because of a traversing pitch, that's a bummer. Um, but, you know, once again, you have more command over the rope um, in the clients. You do have um, a little more kind of rope management for, as belaying because now you have to belay two people at the same time. Now, you could leave one person at the lower anchor and then just belay the other person up to you and then belay the second client up to you to make things a little bit easier in terms of rope management. And you could even use you know, a, a device that only accommodates one rope, like a grigri. Um, but I would probably recommend if you're going to have people in parallel that you just put them both on belay because then you safeguard them both. Why not? But you could just belay one person at a time. You don't have to have them climbing at the same time, um, which is kind of an interesting little you know, thing in, in parallel. Um, but if you have them climbing at the same time, once again, you have to really watch the climbers, really manage them both. So make sure that one client is not going faster than the other so they don't catch up. You have good separation between the two of them. Um, you know. There's some specific ways of holding the ropes in your hands. So when you're belaying, you can kind of belay both ropes at the same time or just pull one at the, um, but still hang on to the other. But it becomes kind of tiring, so your tool choice becomes really critical. So not just belay tool, what placket you're going to use, but also your ropes. If you're using you know, fuzzy 10-1 um, ropes, good luck belaying two people at once with plaquettes. It's going to be incredibly physically demanding. Um, so if you have nice thin ropes um, and plaquettes with big holes like GGs, you know, it's going to be a lot better um, to belay two people at the same time, but still friction in there. Um, so that can be a, a problem right there. And then, you know, once again, you can, um, you can have people climb and, you know, when they're climbing, the first person going up is typically unclipping their rope from the gear. So when you climb in parallel, you either clip both the ropes in all the time or you clip one rope in 
and not the other one. So the one you're being belayed on. So it's not really a good idea to go back and forth, back and forth, because you end up with weirdness. Sometimes I'll go, I'll have just one rope clipped in, you know, for a whole straight up pitch, but the last piece is like one traversing move, and then I'll just clip both in there um, to bring them both in. But typically just pick one or the other. Um, so if you have both ropes clipped into the anchor points, the first person up typically will just unclip their rope. And once again, you need to do a little coaching so they don't trap their rope um, behind the piece. So having alpine draws is nice because the carabiners can rotate, right? So you may um, look down as they're unclipping. Once again, going back to having good verbal and good visual communication with your clients, so understanding terrain and where to break pitches up so you can actually coach them through those kind of technical pieces. You can always have them flip the carabiner over so they can open it up on the other side and your, the rope may come out without getting trapped. So that's kind of a nice little thing, just using that backdoor method, just flip the carabiner over. If you're using quick draws, flip the quick draws over so you have the rotating side of the quick draw on the rope end. As long as those quick draws aren't all beat up from taking a lot of lead falls on sport climbs because you don't want to damage your rope if you accidentally fall guiding which can happen um so but that's another trick you can do with quick draws actually quick clip the bent gate side into the piece and then have the the side that can rotate um on the rope side so they can rotate at rotate that for example now once again with parallel you have to decide who and and caterpillar you have to decide who's the stronger climber who do you want to take the gear out who do you want just to climb and not have to deal with it so on a pitch that goes straight up and down i may have the person who's the stronger climber that i've I've designated as the person cleaning the gear actually remove the gear as they climb so that way the last person climbing just has clean climbing they just have just climbing they don't have the rope um, dangling below them. Um, if they go first in parallel, they'll have that, they have the seconds rope kind of dangling below them. So they can just climb. They don't have to deal with unclipping any gear. They don't have to deal with taking any gear out, which is really nice versus having a route that maybe have some little more traversy bits in it where you actually need everybody to be clipped into all those points. So then the, the person who's not as strong a climber needs to climb first and then just unclip from the, the anchor points. And then the last person cleans it because they need those anchor points as their protection. So we kind of flip flop how we want that to go. We can do that in Caterpillar too. We can change who's in the, who's in the middle if we want based on who do we want to go first and, and how we want the pitch to be cleaned if we need it to be cleaned um, after at the very end or right at the beginning. So we can do that in Caterpillar too, which is kind of cool. So parallel, you know, we can change that up a little bit, um, which is nice. Now with, with parallel, big thing is, you know, we oftentimes treat both ropes as one. So when we're belaying and stacking and coiling the ropes, we will kind of treat them as one rope. Um, the only time or the time I typically don't do that is when I'm doing split rope technique. So split rope is parallel, but instead of both parties climbing the same route, I will put one ro- rope on one climbing feature and the other rope split over to another climbing feature. It's super common in ice guiding where people are kind of climbing the same on either side of a pillar so they can move at the same time so to stay warmer um, and be out of each other's way for ice fall and stuff, but the ropes are actually split. Oftentimes when I'm going to do split rope, I will stack the ropes really separately just to make sure I don't have any twists anywhere weird because I'm going to be leading on one rope and I don't want that, that other rope to get trapped if I clip into a piece into that side because then I can't split the rope. So that's one time I would separate the ropes or anytime I'm like really, there's just too much weird rope work going on and it's just, I'm just a little overwhelmed and I need, just need to go back to a simple system. I'll just restack the ropes um, individually or 
sometimes I'll just have my clients restack their ropes individually. If I'm kind of doing something in part of my transition and they're pretty good clients, I'll just like, all right, you grab this end, you grab this end, just you both restack the ropes and they'll push the twist to me if there are any twists and then we'll go from there. If I'm restacking the ropes and I'm not doing split rope, I'll probably just restack the ropes um, together and go from there. So, which is something to think about. Now, the other thing with the stack is there's this whole concept of the clean stack and the dirty stack. So essentially when you're belaying in parallel, you're going to have some separation unless you're on a slab climb. Um, and then you don't necessarily need separation. But if you're doing more of a, a vertical pitch, um, you're going to have separation. So one climber is above the other one. So as you're belaying, you're going to, have a, you're going to start the stack with one rope. And then you blade the second person, and then the other person will come up, and then you'll have the stacks that are dissimilar, right? And essentially what you want to do is just when they, everybody gets up to the anchor, you know, you can either separate the stacks as one method and then kind of restack into the clean stack. Um, the clean stacks where the ropes are actually all even. The, the other thing you can do is if you just start from the backside of your client's um, clove hitches off the anchor and then just restack, you'll get back to a, a totally clean stack. Um, if you're really careful with that clean and dirty stack and then where you stack your rope, you can you can oftentimes just flip the whole pile over, you know, which is nice. You know, and anytime you have two clients and you have one person belaying you, the other person's dealing with that stack. So they can deal with any like little bite knots that happen in the in the coils or if anything gets caught, they can kind of deal with that, which is really nice. When you are belaying on parallel, you do have the option of having both people belay you. So if you're really not confident about one of the belayers, one of the people belaying you, or both of them, you could have them both belay you. Now, the problem there is now you have twice as much <laughs> um, potential for getting short roped, right? You have more friction in the system because you have to kind of pull a rope out of two devices. And depending on what ropes you're using, you're going to have more impact force to your anchor. So if you're using single rated ropes only, and now you're kind of essentially using them as twin ropes, you're going to have more impact force. If you're using a triple rated rope, that's less of an issue. But even when you use a triple rated rope um, as twin ropes, um, you're going to get higher impact forces on your gear. It's just the nature of it because you have less elongation. Um, but you could have two people belay you. It's kind of a rare scenario for me to do that, but you could, um, which is another nice thing about parallel. Now, once again, if going back to that concept of clipping one rope versus two ropes into the anchors as you go up, if you clip just one rope, you can, you can do the split rope technique, right? So you can go up, and then you just flip the other rope over, maybe add a directional um, for the other rope. Or if it's just a straight up and down pitch once again, and you don't need them both clipped in, um, and you're going to have the person who's belaying you climb first and just clean all the anchors out, then you don't need them both clipped in, um, which is fine. So sometimes neatness-wise, I just clip them both in, but sometimes I don't if the, if the terrain is, is dictates it and I, I don't have to. Traversing terrain, obviously you need to clip them both in, um, which is really important. So... The other thing with parallel is when you come to the anchor, you know, that, that some people think that's confusing. Some people think it's easier than Caterpillar to actually get everybody clipped in the anchor. Um, there are some tricks. The one trick is that when you have both people on the plaquette and you blame them both up, wait till they're both at the anchor before you clip them in. And then, so usually I'll blaze someone up, put a little um, soft closure and our brake strand, not right right behind the plaquette, but maybe like two feet down. That way, once everybody's up and I want to pull some slack out of the plaquette to maybe tie a clove hitch, 
into the anchor that um, the the soft closure doesn't get jammed too early. They don't have enough slack to do that. So give yourself a little more slack than you think there. But bring them both up. And then the the old adage is outside, inside, underneath. So essentially the person who's the furthest away from you on the plaquette, you clip them in first. And you always go from the harness to the anchor. So if you go from the harness, grab the rope from the harness, the rope's clean there. So you're always going below any twists. So if there are any twists at the plaquette and you haven't had the clients like step over the rope to undo the twist, go where the rope's clean, clip them in. Then you take the inside person and then you go underneath their rope. So the backside of the rope that comes out of the clovefitch back into the plaquette, you're gonna go underneath there and clip them in with a clovefitch. So that way when you pop the plaquette out, and when you climb up and you pull the ropes tight to the two clients, there's no rope being trapped. It's totally clean. So whatever client you want to go first can go first. Now, typically in most scenarios in, par- in parallel, when you have both clients on belay, it doesn't matter because they can both unclip. And then if they both can unclip, then those twists, that potential trapping just goes away. The only time that makes a difference is that if you are choosing to leave one client at the belay, clipped in and had the other client climb all the way up to you before the other one unclips. And that's more of a situation, maybe it could be a pacing thing, like, all right, I'm just going to have you climb and then you climb and just kind of slow things down. Or maybe the anchor you're on is the best you could do in the situation for the gear and the rock quality you have or whatever the, the, the medium you're on, snow or ice. Um, and, but maybe it's not an anchor that you want two people climbing on at the same time. So you want one person to stay down low on that lower anchor, and then the first person climbs up and maybe pulls some more gear out so you can kind of beef up your anchor once they get to you, and then once they get to you, you have the other person, you know, unclip from the anchor and come up. So that would be the, the one of the few scenarios that I can think of where um, few scenarios, um, the two few scenarios that I would think of that why it matters to do that technique. But if you just always do it, it always works. Outside, inside, underneath. It just always works. So... Um, when you're going up to up transitions. So that's something to think about when you're doing parallel. Um, there is some other stance management stuff. I'm probably not going to talk about it in this particular one. Uh, maybe I'll do it in a separate one that is for Caterpillar or for parallel um, that I find to be the simplest way of dealing with stance management in terms of getting people from one side to the other side of the belay without getting twists in the rope, um, without being confusing. And without having to stack your rope um, more times than needed. So that'll be another topic. But so parallel has a lot of, a lot of benefit, right? Um, for climbing for sure. And once again, uh, some downfalls, like, no, there's no perfect system. So now end roping, once again, is you are climbing on a single rope, but your clients are both climbing on that rope as well. So this isn't, this isn't taking one rope and tying into the middle and doing parallel with one rope, which you could do. Um, and this is not doing caterpillar with one rope, which you actually clip or tie your client into the middle, which you could also do. This is literally you have a client tied into the very bottom and then some sort of spacing above them, maybe 10 feet, whatever it is, they're onto a cow's tail. So they are both climbing together at the same time at the end of the rope. Now, that's used a lot kind of in short roping and short pitching. Um, that distance between the client um, and short rope and short pitching um, is typically shorter, um, but terrain does dictate that a little bit, especially when you're end roping. Terrain dictates that distance. Like I've done end roping when there's been like 25 feet in front of between people, and it just kind of worked with the terrain and broke out the terrain really well. Um, 
so they could kind of move through the mountains. Now, really nice technique on snow climbing, really nice technique on slab climbing. You know, um, once again, you might have to compensate by bringing a longer rope than you may need. Initially, if you just had one client, so instead of bringing a 60-meter rope, you bring a 70-meter rope to kind of accommodate the fact that if you have that upper second, that first client cow's tailed into the rope, that you've essentially shortened your lead rope. So you might want to do that. Um, so some things to think about there. Clients don't typically like to climb it that way because they have to manage the distance between each other. So you put the upper client on a cow's tail, you know, make sure that cow's tail is not longer than their knee. Um, so that way they have a little bit of float. And that way, if the lower client falls, right, it doesn't pull the upper client down. Um, now, that's tricky because, once again, the lower client has to maintain that slack. And the upper client does, too. So if the lower client is climbing a little slower, the upper client has to slow down and vice versa. So, so essentially, you have control over both, but you don't necessarily have great control over both. And I do find clients find it a challenging technique to climb in oftentimes. It's because they have to kind of pace themselves a lot, especially if they're kind of moving at different rates or the terrain's kind of more broken up. So one client's a little bit harder climbing and the other one's not. So just kind of consistent snow climbing, it's still a little bit challenging for them, but not always as challenging for them. Um, And end roping can be done on harder climbing in more vertical terrain. You know, you do have to remember you've got two people climbing on one rope. So if they both fall, there's a lot more tension on that rope, so they're more prone to being cut. So you got to be careful of that. So we use that technique a lot in the alpine, you know. But once again, tension ropes are more prone to being cut, and we oftentimes use natural features in the alpine as protection points. And then, of course, everybody's going to skinnier and skinnier and skinnier ropes to climb in the alpine to save weight, which, once again, they're even more prone to being cut. So there is some – you do have to be careful with that technique. Um, but, you know, you could climb 510 climbing – if you had the right terrain, maybe a nice clean terrain, and you had the right clients, like they're solid, you know, 5'11 climbers, you know, climbing that way may be fine. Like I definitely know of guides who've even used that technique in, you know, steep ice climbing. They put, you know, a husband and wife in the team and the wife's really delicate. She, and they put them on top and they're, they're a lot less prone to knocking ice down. And the, the husband's a little bit more of a basher and they put them on the bottom and they climbed some pitches like that. I use that technique a lot when I'm dealing with like kids and families. So I might have a young kid climbing with their parent so that I can have them kind of climbing right next to each other at the same time. And the parent can kind of add some emotional support to the kid. You know, so this is using these techniques parallel and end roping become really interesting tools to getting um, interesting populations into multi-pitch terrain. So like taking really young kids, like five and six-year-olds into multi-pitch terrain and how do you mitigate their um, emotional um, needs and physical needs and, and kind of cognitive needs, really. So having that can work really well. So I oftentimes use end roping in that scenario. Um, I've even used end roping and top roping for that same reason. I had a mom and a, and a kid climb together and they just I just end roped them, Right. But we were top roping. I was a base managed top climb. Like that, these skills, if you understand how they work, you can start creating all these cool systems that may be hyper specific. You're not going to use them every day, but they just kind of work for that particular client. You need to, you're going to solve that problem. You're going to look for that solution. You're like, oh, I see how this technique relates to this, and I'm just going to solve this problem by doing this. Sweet. 
Here's my su- my solution. So I, I've done that before um, on base managed climbs and on top managed climbs, like in single pitch terrain. Um, so like lowering them both down and then coming have them both up. But once again, um, that's something I typically do more with like small kids and, and, and a parent. Um, so they have that emotional support. But so end roping has some advantages. You know, one thing with end roping, especially if the lower client, if there's a fair amount of separation, I may bring the upper client into the plaquette and I oftentimes will extend off my anchor with maybe a sling with another locking carabiner. So that way, um, I can just clip the rope between them and put a clofitch in without having the lower client having to come up too high to put them on belay at the master point. So if I need to get them into a belay a little quicker and kind of just belay them up on their little, their little short section of rope, I'll do that. Depending on the terrain, it may not be a big deal just to like bring, up, bring that second rope up into or that, that trailing piece of the rope up into the anchor. You know, There's a little bit of slack created in the system, but once again, if it's maybe 5-4 slab, not a big deal. But if it's a little bit more technical terrain, I might extend out just so I can get that other lower person on belay quicker, especially if there's a little more separation in between them. So that's a little trick there. Um, but you know, once again, uh, just another tool. Now you can combine end roping with parallel so maybe you're in a party of three now once again once we start kind of combining these things we're and adding more people we have to be really cognizant of the terrain so is the terrain really appropriate for these techniques is is the climbing party going to really work well so i could have you know two stronger climbers end roping and then the one weaker client on the single rope as we're in parallel so i'm essentially blaying three people up at a time you could do that with four people once again you're having a lot of people so if you're I'm a, if i'm going to add all these people on my anchors need to be that much 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 better the, or the terrain has to be that much more um or that much less technical so like snow climbing versus you know really technical rock climbing slab climbing versus really technical rock climbing so you could do that but once again as you add more complexity it's not a linear challenge. It's an exponential challenge. And as soon as something happens, it becomes significantly harder to fix that problem. So you have to choose that well. But you can run those systems. You can run four people on a, on a climb and essentially be kind of in parallel and caterpillar, right? So if you bring up both ropes and then you have two clients tied into the middle of both those ropes and then two more clients tied into the bottoms of both of those ropes. So essentially you climb up in parallel and then you bring each of them up and clip them into the anchor. And then now it's kind of, cat- even though you're in, you're, you're in Caterpillar now, right? Now you have to bring in the other two, even though now you're playing in parallel again. So it's like, like the stance management becomes parallel and Caterpillar. So you're kind of mixing both techniques. So that becomes really busy. And to move four people through multi-pitch terrain is relatively slow no matter how good you are no how no matter how good you know the terrain it's just a lot of moving parts a lot of people to get them up and get them down and there's a fair amount of hazards so you better really know the terrain really well um and have a really appropriate objective and have make sure the clients are really kind of ready for that but i've definitely done that with like families of four mom and dad and two kids you know it worked really well um and i've even done that that system where I've done split ropes. So mom and dad are climbing a little harder. So I'm having them climb one route over here and the kids are climbing a little bit easier. I climb over here and I'm doing parallel and caterpillar and split rope all at the same time, you know? So that can be really, um, something that can be <laughs> busy, busy for you as a guide for your, for sure. So those are some of our main 
ways of dealing with moving people through terrain. So with some different, different um, techniques. But also, once again, we can use these techniques to create the experience. Right, So we can use one technique to create the experience that we want with that client set. So it's about reading your clients, reading the terrain, understanding the systems and their pros and cons, and being able to you know, flow seamlessly between them and um, kind of do what you need to do to mitigate the risk or create that experience, or both. Um, typically, it's both. right? So definitely worth getting out there and practicing all of those techniques um, and seeing the pros and cons. And there's definitely more, you know, examples about how one really works well and this kind of belay situation and one, you know, works really well over here. There's all these, there's all kinds of hyper little like tricks and tips to these things um, that we could go over. But, you know, some of that you just have to figure out on your own or get some more mentorship. So parallel or split rope, caterpillar or we used to call standard, standard fifth class and then end roping. So those are our kind of three categories there. Two things that I wanted to mention that after I re-listened to this is that one, in parallel, when you have the dirty and clean stacks, that's really prevalent when you're using ropes that are different lengths. So essentially, as you pull the longer rope up and the rope becomes tight to the client, um, then you pull the shorter rope up and it becomes tight to the client and you put them both on belay. Essentially, where they're on belay, the ropes are relatively close, but then you might have a, a bigger... Um, pile of one rope versus the other be, behind that. So that's kind of that another place where that clean and dirty stack really comes into play. And the other place is an end roping is that with the cow's tail, you can actually have it pretty long if you want in certain situations like climbing snow or climbing slab where the climb, clients are actually climbing more side by side versus vertically oriented. Um, and you just, the upper client has just a longer cow's tail. Um, and sometimes that works. It also lets them, lets them float a little bit more too. So sometimes that works really well. Um, and if the cow's tail is too short, it doesn't really work as well on technical terrain because you want that floating ability to give that both clients to a little bit of room to move around. So I just wanted to add that in.